morning everyone. This morning I want to talk about generosity and I feel like Agilus sort of echoed it so well in his sermon last week and that prophecy that he shared with us about latitude um, just is echoing what I feel is in God's heart for us this year and it makes me so excited. Um, just sort of having wide open spaces, having latitude, having scope if you can put it like that with God. Um, and this morning <clears throat> God just reminded me that sort of when you're a small child you ration out things for you know the children when you have a small child. Um, you can you, you say okay you can only have three marshmallows or you know three jelly tots or whatever. Um, but as a child matures and grows, you give them that sort of free choice, that scope of the whole packet of jelly tots, and you trust them to not take too much. <laughs> to know taking too much sweeties is bad for them. And that's that mutual respect and trust that is shown through that action. Um, and I just kind of felt like that's God's heart in terms of giving us latitude. Um, is that he's kind of trusting us to do with it as a mature Christian would um, to not sort of go okay I've got grace and throw everything out the window but to to be good stewards of that latitude um, I think of a silly example but it's so easy to sort of see people's hearts through what they do or how they treat you whether it's generously or stingy um, I when I dish up for me and Malcolm and maybe this is why he's gained a little bit of weight since we got married he's lost it now but <laughs> um, I always try to give him a little bit more or the better piece or the nicer one um, and I don't know if he actually notices it, but it's something that I need to do for my heart. It's sort of keeping me out of that stinginess towards him. And I don't, I don't know if he notices it that specifically, the food, for example, but I do know that he knows that I am not stingy towards him, that I do not withhold things, that I would give him whatever I could. Um, and then I would put him before myself. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have a husband that does the same for me. So that's basically what makes a happy marriage. <laughs> um, but why do we deal so stingily with God sometimes, with our time, with our love, with our obedience, with our money, um, like, and think that he doesn't know our hearts. It's, it's almost, ridiculous um, so yeah just the scriptures that I had um, is Proverbs 11 verse 25 24 and I'm reading from the New Living Testament um, translation sorry give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything it's very plainly said and then the amplified version um, is there is the one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more and there is the one who withholds what is justly due but it results only in want and poverty the generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched and he who waters will himself be watered reaping the generosity he has sown um, I hope that is an encouragement to all of you and if there's something that I would like to sort of have done this year it is to be generous with God um, I try to be generous with people I sometimes fail but to me this year like my goal is to be generous with God with my love with my time with my adoration um, and with my money um, so hope that encourages all of you and be blessed.
Good morning. It's amazing to spend some time with you and we are privileged to have you with us. We trust that God is going to speak into your life. Let's pray before we start. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that you will speak to us now, that you will reveal your heart to us, that you will penetrate our hearts and that you will bring about change, that you will transform us into the likeness of Christ. Uh, we can't live without you. We need you, Jesus. We need you so close um, in these times. We pray that you will be our refuge, our strength, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to share a few things that I believe God has revealed to us uh, the past few uh, weeks. Uh, we are busy with the 21 days of prayer and consecration. And um, yeah, God is speaking to us about so many things. Um, but um, this, uh, yeah, yesterday God actually uh, spoke to us about reliving 2020 uh, all over again. That um, the bad experiences and the negative things that we've experienced in 2020, He wants to have us relive the year, but this time the godly way, His agenda, the way that He uh, intended it to be. And so we've got expectation in our hearts for what God is about to do. It's a year of consecration, of conquering um, and celebrating that which God has done. And so um, I've seen this picture of Jesus just uh, standing with a little booklet. And it's almost as if he's marketing this book. And on it is, uh, this is your journey with me. And, um, and I see him, you know, just introducing to me but I believe to each one of us a journey um, of excitement a journey that is different than we know the only constant is change these days but the only constant is Jesus the fact that he is in our vehicle he is in our boat and he's steering the way ahead and it's going to be an exciting journey as we um, walk with him and as we consecrate ourselves more and more to him but what I do see in the body of Christ at this moment is people being in lockdown. <laughs> people that are struggling to overcome their fears, to overcome even their thoughts. And they are thinking about the negative um, lies that the enemy is imparting into their lives um, so many times. And so I want to just this morning trust that God is going to help you. To move from those negative thoughts, from those negative things that you are believing to a place where you can walk into God's victory. I really see Christians being in strongholds of negativity, strongholds of what the world at this stage see as the future, rather than being in God's stronghold. Um, and... Um, and so I want to just start off with 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6. And maybe before I read it, just give some context as well. Um, I remember that last year, about October, God was saying to me, things are not the way it seems. Um, just pray and I will lead you through uh, the time and season that you are in. And, um, and so... I believe that God really wants us to, to not get phased by what we see at this moment, but rather but by what He is saying to us. And, um, and there's a spiritual warfare busy happening all over the world, and we must connect ourselves to God's agenda rather than to fight natural causes. Don't fight political parties or you know, even um, governmental leaders at this moment, be careful to make uh, harsh statements even toward Christians that are believing to do well, um, that are at least stepping out in faith. I uh, see a lot of Christians that are just, you know, at least stepping out and saying, you know, God is leading us and this is what God is saying. And, and I see that um, the biggest opposition comes from the church. <laughs> and so we as the church must be careful in how we you know, just break down things that God is doing. And, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, the fact that um, there's opinions and all of us have a right of opinion. Um, but um, our opinions doesn't matter if we don't see the thoughts of God for what it is. God's ways are higher than ours and we must learn to align our thoughts with His thoughts. Then we'll be on the safe side. So stop attacking people and start to, to see things in the spiritual realm. 
So uh, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, flesh meaning everyday circumstances, people opposing us, um, difficult uh, provisions even and obstacles in our way, we do not war according to the flesh. So people of God stop fighting in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So I want to just say this morning, strongholds can be positive when you run into God's stronghold, His safety net, His place that He has provided for us to run into, the ark, the place of safety, the provision that is made for us so that we are not um, being um, taken um, by surprise even in, with the enemy. Verse 5 says, casting down arguments. And I want you to make a few notes. Strongholds was one of them. If you can mark it in your Bible even. Casting down arguments. That's the other one. Make a mark. And every high thing. That's the other one. A high thing that exalts itself against the, the next one. Knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is when your obedience is fulfilled when your obedience is fulfilled and I'm saying that twice this morning because what I do believe is that we should not get phased in the enormity of the opposition that we are experiencing at this time and the, the chaos that's prevailing, but rather just to be obedient to the little things that God has called us to. And that's where I want to get to this morning, because there's a battle in your mind that is not even going to, to maybe feel to you that it's impacting the nations or it's impacting um, the governments and their decisions these days, but, but being obedient in the little and being righteous and um, in right standing with God, uh, if each one of us can take that step, we will understand our little bit in order to have communities that is changed and transformed. And so, so what Paul is saying to the Corinth church, he's saying, listen, it starts with a thought. <laughs> it starts with a process where you and I need to um, first start to fight with our own um, thoughts that we are pondering so many times and so we know about godly strongholds and I want to just quickly read this um, that's a place of safety against the enemy a safe eternal refuge of the soul in God which offers security strength and confidence um, and that's why we even see uh, Psalms met metaphors um, of God and our experiences with God. So 2 Samuel 22 verse 3 says, The God of my strength in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. Okay. My stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. Listen to Psalm 27 verse 1. And this is a beautiful one that I'm pondering the whole week already. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Um, and so it says that for, for David, it's the stronghold of his life. The fact that he finds safety in God, in God's provision, in God's... Um, agenda Psalm 37 verse 39 he is their stronghold in time of trouble God is David's stronghold now strongholds um, might seem to you as you know maybe just a house a place of of safety um, that we find ourselves to um, to to hide in uh, when nature comes against us. But when it comes to strongholds that Paul is talking about, he talks about securities, perceptions, convictions, even deceptions that we cling to 
to rationalize our circumstances and our ways. And I see a lot of this is happening at this moment. I see a lot of people that is rationalizing their circumstances and why they are taking certain steps. Um, and they are either setting themselves up for freedom in God, for life in God, or the strongholds of the enemy, where it takes them captured within their own circumstances. So even in our minds, we build fortresses, strongholds of truth and deception that is either for or against the will of God. Strongholds open door for the devil to operate in our lives. If we don't live according to godly principles, um, we experience the enemy coming into our lives and stealing and destroying. So strongholds is the condition uh, is to condition us to make decisions and determine our actions according to our convictions. So each one of us, according to these strongholds in our lives, and it can even be traditions, it can be arguments that led to certain conscious decisions or unconscious decisions even that we've made in how we will um, do life. For us as a family, for instance, we've made certain decisions in how we will deal even with people coming to visit us because we are here to serve whoever God sends over our path. In, because we've made those decisions, there are certain actions that leads to us embracing everyone that comes over, um, you know, our, uh, come into our house. And so those actions are determined by the arguments and the traditions that we've established in our household, the norms, the, um, the, the culture that we've, we've established. And so, you know, this, there's this one story that I've heard a few times in um, the church of this one lady that actually um, always when she uh, does a leg of mutton in the oven, she would cut it, you know, a quarter of it off. She would put it in the oven and then she will um, make the amazing, most amazing um, roast until somebody one day asked her why she's always cutting off the um, the quarter of the mutton and uh, she said well my my grandmother actually always uh, did it this way and um, and I, I believe this is part of you know why it comes out so nice and so they've asked the grandmother why she has actually um, you know um, done it that way and she said well the pan that I had was just too small <laughs> And so uh, I've always done it that way. And because of the way in which she did it, her daughter thought that it was just the way that things should be. And that's many times in our lives why we are doing certain things. Because of the cultures and the norms that we are used to. And in, in our Christian culture, exactly the same thing happens. There's certain things that we must challenge, that we must change in order to um, adapt e even to the next season that God wants in our lives, we will have to renew our thoughts in order to go into better actions. If you keep on doing the same thing over and over, don't expect different results. So um, it brings fear that hinders you from fulfilling liberty, your destiny and purpose. Our minds are constantly in battle between good and bad. And, um, and this... This war that is taking place within us between good and bad is determined by whatever we feed the most. I heard the story of this guy um, in uh, this, the, the movie The Missing from uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, he actually asked him, so, uh, you know, what is your uh, motto in life? What is the thing that you live for? And um, Tommy Lee Jones said, um, well, there's uh, two uh, wolves fighting one another, a white and a black wolf. And he said, okay, so um, which one is winning? <laughs> he said, it determines the one that I feed the most. And so uh, sitting there in lockdown, sitting in your current circumstances and pondering certain thoughts 
you must remember that the thoughts that you are pondering the most and that you are feeding the most are the things that's going to become strongholds in your life. And that, that will become the things that you live by and the actions that we will even see within your life. Listen to this. Holland um, said, the mind grows by what it feeds on. Now, let's talk about thoughts. Um, in the Strongs, it says, it's a compare of dialogue, inward reasoning, questioning, consideration, and deliberation during um, turning thoughts over in the mind, reckoning by men mental questions, opinions, design, and disputes. And so, man is deliberating with himself, settling accounts or suspicious because of the state of indecision through one's acceptance or rejection of Christ he re, re, um, the real thoughts of one's heart toward himself and toward God become clear so that's why the Bible even says that whatever is in the heart the mouth will confess um, and um, the stronghold develop in our lives according to the the following process and I, I just want to mention that because I, I believe some of us will have to to go back to these steps and go and confront them first of all if you read second um, Corinthians 10 it speaks of a thought that happens okay there's a certain thought that is planted within your head good or bad and and just remember as much as God has this plan for us to impart the most beautiful thoughts within our lives so that we can start to flourish, the enemy always come with a counterfeit, which means that he will plant negative thoughts as soon as God uh, brings those amazing thoughts in our lives. And that counterfeit thought is the negative thing that we so easily embrace. So secondly, it speaks of a contradiction. Um, against the will of God, a disobedience, a place of, of you know for you know for you know that that is not from God. Thirdly, it's a reasoning. Shall I do it or not? <laughs> um, and, and you start to reason about how, you know, um, is this right or is it not right? And you even come to a place where you justify your actions. And, um, and that leads to an imagination where we think about what would happen if we actually fulfill these um, things that we thought about. And then lastly, fifthly, is an action. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this to you is because this is a natural flow of how we normally take ourselves towards sin. Is it always starts with a thought being planted in our lives. Now, I'm going to use a simple example, but um, uh, I believe it's going to help you at least. None of us want to go to the shop at the corner and go and steal something that we don't have. Okay, even if you don't have money, that's not the way that you do it. But why is there some people that steal? <laughs> you know, it's 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 that that thought that comes into the mind first of all that allows you to actually start to ponder it and then it becomes a contradiction which means that you know that it's against the will of god it's a contradiction against the word of god and the will of god in your life but thirdly it becomes a reasoning and now you start to justify the reason why you would do such an action. And again, this is a simple um, example, but I also know that, you know, it works with lust exactly the same. It starts with a thought, thinking of that naked person or the person that you can, you know, um, uh, go into adultery with. And then it, and it, it's a contradiction. You know that immediately the Holy Spirit is saying to you, this is the wrong thing to do. And then it becomes a reasoning. Now, with let's get back to the shop owner. That's um, or the shop um, lifting. <laughs> that's a better one. Let's let's then say that you start to reason and you say, listen, Sainsbury's is one of the most wealthiest shops in the whole of the UK. They don't need the money. They've got more than enough. They won't even um, miss. <laughs> you know this product while you 
don't have any money um, and there are certain very uh, legitimate reasons why you don't have money and you start to reason in your mind why it would not be so bad for you to go into action and take something from Sainsbury's. Now, let me um, just take you to the last one then. Um, or to the second last one, the imagination. Now you already go into a place where you think how you will enter the shop. Will anyone see you? You will take a jacket and uh, you will make sure that you just slip it into the, the jacket's um, pocket. And then um, you will leave and you will not uh, face the shop owner because if he um, sees your eyes, he's going to, you're going to be exposed. Uh, do you hear me? Okay, it sounds as if I'm, um, I've done it um, in the past, but <laughs> I know how thoughts work and how we think these things through. through. Guys, the last um, step is the one where you then go into action and do whatever imagination has taken place um, in your heart. Now, the reason why I'm giving you these steps is that you know, most of us as Christians find it so difficult to navigate ourselves through these steps to actually come to a godly outcome. Because if you've allowed the reasoning to happen in this process, it's almost too late. Because a contradiction against the will of God, if the Holy Spirit comes to speak into your life and, and convict you of the right things, you must immediately make the decision to take that thought out of your life and move on and to allow the stronghold of God to, to um, prevail in your life rather than the enemy establishing um, a stronghold of wickedness. Now, if you've done that process over and over again, you don't need to even think about steps one to, to four in the future. You will go into a shop and you will just do it without any conviction because you've actually um, died to your convictions. And that's how a stronghold takes place. Is you don't even know anymore that it's um, a wrongdoing because you've got so used to it. And some of us will have to go back to the strongholds in our lives that is negative. Now, now again, I want to say that the, the opposite is also true. When we keep on doing the biblical things, the, the godly things, the will of God in our lives, those uh, strongholds start to be established in our lives and it becomes so natural. We don't even think about it. Um, principles like giving to God. Um, you know, financially, uh, principles like not lying, not um, speaking and swearing and saying uh, ugly words. Those things um, will become the norm if we repeat them. But if we allow ourselves to live godly lives where God reigns in our lives, um, it will become so natural and we will experience the blessing of the refuge of God like David experienced it. And so, how do we overcome? First of all, we turn from condemnation. Um, the, the, the one thing that we want in our lives is the place of rest, the place of peace. And so, you know, we, we can't be in a place where we've lost hope in Jesus because Jesus is the stronghold and he's the one that we aspire to now i want to say it and i've say it, said it so many times the last year is whenever we embrace jesus in our lives we take his cloak upon us so that we can become like him for you and i that means that jesus is not putting a cloak of depression over his, uh, over his um, shoulders. Jesus is not putting a cloak of unhappiness and um, discontent in his life. He's not in despair. He's not in a place where he does wicked things. The cloak that Jesus put on is the cloak that he wants to put around our shoulders because our mission in life is to become like Christ. 
So if Jesus is not depressed, I don't believe the lie of the enemy that I should be depressed and that my circumstances are more desperate than anyone else's in the world. Because if he can take me to a place where I believe that my circumstances and my pain is more unique than anyone else in the world, I start to lose hope because I feel that it's an unworthy cause. <laughs> There's no ways that I can overcome it. But as long as I've got the hope that I want to become like Christ and because I've got the cloak of Christ over my shoulders, I can overcome anything. I can find the peace of God in my life. And every one of us want that peace. Now, we know how it works, you know, when it comes to, to, uh, to this peace. Our soul is always looking for um, a, a establishment, a place where we can fill it with something. Because there's a void if Christ is not ruling within it. And the decision that we make in our souls, which is our will, our mind and our emotions, is to either embrace the spirit or to embrace death, the flesh. Now, you know how it works um, when you get at home and you um, feel uh, out of peace and you feel dreadful and you feel, you know, there's this cloak of depression over you. The first thing that you do is you go and get that um, bath tap going so that you can go and just relax in that bath. And so many people now are running to the wrong solutions to fill the soul. Many people are sitting and doing yoga and all kinds of, you know, things that will um, clear their minds and bring peace and try to find peace in their circumstances and, um, and try to change their circumstances to find more peace. And that's not where peace comes from. Because peace, the, 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 the flesh will always bring us in unrest. There's only one place that you and I will find rest, and that's when the Spirit of God, the cloak of Jesus, is embraced in our lives. When we allow the Spirit of God to reign within us so that we can get the life-giving power of Christ within our lives. And so we don't want the soul to be out of peace. We want the soul. Now, how does the, the soul get out of peace? It's fear and shame of the past, of things that accusations of the things that happened in the past. But that's not where we are at. We are at a place where we embrace the peace of God within us because of His Spirit that can transform us. And so if those things are happening to you today, just make sure to focus on the right things. Start to focus on, on God's plans and purposes in your life. Put that worship music on. <laughs> you know, for some of us, it means that you will even have to go the extra mile and, and uh, if you're struggling with lust and you know that those thoughts are coming against you, against you all the time, get out of your um, uh, circumstances and go for a jog around um, you know, the park so that you can just take your thoughts away from where the enemy takes you and focus on God. Now, Philippians 3 verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, uh, for forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things which are ahead, I press forward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Luke chapter 9 verse 62, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Stop complaining about your circumstances and things that happened the last year that put you into these circumstances. Start to fight it by getting control over those thoughts um, and reposition your heart and your thoughts toward what God is doing. Focus on the future and not the past. Um, Jesus is calling you to a better life, a life in abundance. Make a fresh start uh, by renewing your thoughts. Luke 5, 39. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desire new, for he says the old is better. <laughs> Some of you are clinging to 2020 um, because you don't know what is in store and what God has for you in store in the year to come. Stop pondering those negative things. 
Stop clinging to the things that worked in the past because it's not going to help you going into the future. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ephesians 4.24 And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in the true righteousness and holiness. So, the second thing that you should do to get out of it. The first thing is, uh, walk from condemnation. And embrace the new where God is taking you. The second one is renew your old thoughts now with the new ones. Okay, Change your thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. Which means that when that negative thought comes into your mind, immediately you replace it by the thought of God. It does not work like they are telling you at yoga uh, when they say, just clear your mind and clear you know, your thinking and uh, just focus on nothing and the peace and the peace. That is not how it works. Okay, A negative thought must be replaced by a positive thing. One thing must be replaced <laughs> uh, in order for a new to come. So if you have negative thoughts if you had negative thoughts in the past if you live in a cycle of negativity the first place that you start now is when that thought comes to mind that's when you take it captive and you start to embrace god's ways it means that for some of you you will have to go and search the scriptures and just read them aloud so that you rather um, start to believe in them than in those negative things that um, that comes to mind. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we're doing this morning. We are busy renewing our minds. Because God is going to do very something very special this year. Um, one of the pictures that is shown us is just a worm becoming a butterfly. But that um, when you become that butterfly, you must also stop thinking the way that you've um, been thinking when you've been that um, worm. Start to think like a butterfly. Think about the freedom and the liberty that God brings with you when you um, move into becoming that butterfly. Okay, so let's get back to the verse. It says, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hey, let's live according to the will of God. Uh, don't conform to this world. Fix yourself to the obedience of Christ. Fight against your thoughts, your mind. Be disciplined, okay? So if the soul consists of mind, will, and emotions, those things must be subject to God. If it comes to the, um, the, 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 the mind, those things that you believe that is not of God, and um, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, stop with it. Move away from it. Stop trying to um, be very clever and, and even enter into conversations about things that, you don't, um, that you're not supposed to. Okay? Um, if it, it comes to uh, our emotions, take hold of your emotions. Start to uh, live uh, a life of, of discipline. A life where you have self-control. Self-control because you've got Christ in your life. But you will have to take it into control and the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, Paul says that um, the more he wants to do the right thing, the less he gets it right. And I want to say to you, you can't do it out of your own power. But you can do it through Christ because he has transformed you. Um, so let's talk about the mind. The, the mind, <clears throat> according to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 even, and uh, this is a Strong's um, 
uh, concordance uh, explanation, it says the word denotes good judgment, discipline through patterns, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things, and this is a beautiful one, I want you to even put this scripture on your wall and, um, and read it over and over again. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Renew that, those bad thoughts and uh, replace it with the good thoughts of God. Uh, receive the mind of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If we do have the mind of Christ, I want to say to you, Jesus does not have lustful thoughts. <laughs> Jesus does not have thoughts to harm other people. He does not have thoughts of you know, um, negativity. He's got good thoughts. He knows the will of the Father. He gets excited about it. He loves his people. He loves people. <laughs> Do you love people? Do you love the people of God? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any other two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eye of him whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help of need. Read the Word of God. You know, I these days I choose those scriptures in the Word of God that I know is positive, that I know God is, is speaking over His people. I even take those scriptures and I proclaim it over our community here in Wimbledon. Um, I... I I don't look at how Wimbledon looked like now. I, I look at it according to the scriptures and the words that God is giving um, for this area. And I'm speaking it into being. I'm, I'm reading it over this area. I'm trusting God that the, the light of God will um, be over this area. And then pray in tongues. Um, Jude 1 verse 16 says, There are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they, they mouth their great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. This sounds very familiar. These are essential persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray. Let the Spirit lead you to a place where He can build your spirit man up. And when your spirit man is strong, it can overcome anything. Run back to the inner room where you, you, you pray enough. Don't stop praying at this time. I know that we become so lazy um, because of lockdown. We don't want to do anything else than just being couch potatoes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's time to set time apart for God so that He can operate in our lives. And then Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing. 
I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze listen to this to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire uh, in his temple yeah, that's the beautiful thing about David you know David always ran to the Lord and he gazed upon the beauty of the Lord because when you see God you know you start to forget about those negative thoughts you start to, f- to just forget about um, all the lies of the enemy and you focus on the greatness of God worship him so it's worshiping him so the second thing that I've mentioned was that you and I need to renew our old thoughts with new ones by what by changing our thoughts <laughs> by embracing the word of god by allowing ourselves to be built up in our spirit by praying in the spirit and then to worship to focus on god now the third and last thing that i want to talk about um, as we we end off this morning is take heed lest you fall take heed lest you fall don't think that you are strong enough 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. So just to get back to that, nothing is new under the sun. All these temptations and the schemes of the enemy has been from the beginning of time. And you and I just need to embrace the way of God and we need to see the faithfulness of God in our lives. Um, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. Therefore my beloved flee from idolatry. Um, idolatry meaning things that are set in our lives that become greater than God. Now, for some of us, it literally means that, you know, that pain in your life, that, um, you know, um, elephant in the room, um, that thing that you always turn back to, my father has done this against me, and I didn't get the chances in life that I was supposed to get. All of those lies of the enemy that is still ruling in your life, I can tell you those things are tests that you must overcome. You must rule over them. You must say, You know, the past is in the past and I choose to overcome by making certain choices. So let's be clear. Testing comes from God and temptation from the devil. Testing leads to produce character. While temptation, if we give into that, produces sin in our lives. So God says that he's actually testing us, which means that if we can overcome and choose him and him being the source of life in us, uh, we will have a stronger character that next time will not be able to be bent by the enemy. But the enemy comes with all kinds of temptations that um, if we don't get through it, will, will produce sin in our lives. So you and I must make the choice to overcome to choose the light of God in our lives, to choose to replace those thoughts and renew our minds according to what God believes about us, what God believes about 2021, what God believes about you and I in our church community and where God is heading with us, um, in our family as a unit and what God has in store for, for us. In conclusion, I just want to leave these things with you. There are two laws to abide to. The one is life, which is the spirit, and the other one is death, which is sin. You choose which one you feed the most. Secondly, life represents faith in God, not a focus on what happened in the past. You will have to step out in faith and stop to believe um, the lies of what happened in the past and the shame that goes with it then death attacks your identity by telling you that you are a nobody or knowing that um, that you are somebody through Christ 
which results in pride because I will do it my own way, my own strength. If our identity is not in Christ and His overcoming power in our lives, we will always fall into pride. You and I cannot. We cannot live without Christ. And then welfare by telling you that you are no hope loser or not knowing that you are a carrier of hope through Christ Jesus, which results in rebellion, pushing away God in your life. You know, God wants the best for you. If God wants the best and we believe that with all of our hearts, we will always choose His ways above the enemy's ways in our lives. And then dictate your thoughts, otherwise it will rule your life. I want to encourage you this morning as I end off in prayer that you will make some conscious choices to embrace Christ in your life, to allow your mind to be renewed. And this is a process. And I'm telling you, you become stronger the more you repeat it. Okay, the word of God says, flee from temptation in your life. Okay, don't try to be so strong and think that you will be able to overcome things and test certain things that is not of God. Flee from temptation. Stay away from those things. Embrace the things that is of God, the godly ways, the godly people. Surround yourself with godly people that can speak into your life the things of God. But let your thoughts be dictated by God and God alone. I want to thank you. I'm going to pray now. And if you need any ministry afterwards, please uh, use the Zoom link that we've provided um, in this um, uh, video. And, um, and we will pray for you gladly after this service. Let us pray. Father, we pray for a renewal of our minds. We pray that you will come and take away every thought that is not of you. We take it captive today, Father God, and we choose to embrace your thoughts about us. And we're going to repeat it and say it over and over until we believe it. Father, because we know that there's so many things that is engraved into our lives, Father, of years and years of negative thinking and of, of embracing years and years of lies. And today we're going to, every time the enemy comes with those lies, we're going to resist him until he flees, until he walks away from our lives. Father, we love you. We know you want the best for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.